This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. Try the number one recommended web hosting provider. With plans starting at just $3.95 a month, you'll get a free domain, free site builder, easy one-click WordPress installs, and 24-7 support. But what's just as impressive as what you get is what you don't get, as there's no contracts, no hidden fees, and no gimmicks. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Bluehost. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 84, entitled Interview with Alex Nickens from Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys taking the time out again to uh, join me this week for another great interview episode. I have to say that I'm having um, a great time uh, doing these interviews. Uh, I'm actually starting to prefer uh, doing them over uh, sitting in the room by myself and uh, talking like I did for the first 80 episodes. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll continue these interviews for as long as um you know, I uh, possibly can as long as I can find willing participants. And on that note, uh, we have uh, Alex Nickens this week from Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Uh, so we'll get into the interview as always in the same format. I'll play the uh, podcast uh, announcements first and then go straight into the interview uninterrupted. All right. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel anytime. And get this. Even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Now back to the show. So I'd like to uh, welcome Alex Nickens from Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Hello, Alex. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Julio. Yeah, no problem. Um, I really appreciate you taking uh, your time uh, out of uh, probably, it looks like a very, from your Instagram account, looks like you've had a very busy winter season. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and uh, talk to my listeners. Oh, that's no problem. Glad to take the time out. Yeah, we've been busy, but we've always got time. Awesome. Uh, so why don't you start off and uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your business. So as you guys know, my name is Alex Nickens. Uh, we own Nickens Lawn and Landscape and we're out of Belleville, Illinois. Uh, we've been operating since 2013. 
Um, so we've been in four years now. This will be the fifth year. 2017 will be our fifth year, but it's all started way before that. I mean, I've been pushing my lawnmower down the street trying to cut lawns since I was 10 years old. So I've always been, wow. I've always been hungry, so to say. I've always, you know, not necessarily mowing lawns, but I've always wanted more and, and dreamed for more. And, you know, I, I played sports growing up. I always played hockey and hockey taught me a lot of life lessons, you know, just working hard to get what you want. And, you know, some people have it, some people don't, but if you don't work hard and go for it, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So that, that definitely taught me a big lesson. Um, but you know, going up in high school, I played hockey and was very serious in hockey and I worked, you know, I had my first job whenever I was 14, I rode my bike to work. Um, but after that, I always had jobs through high school and that nothing in the lawn care industry or the green industry at all. Um, I worked at a pizza hut. Um, and then I got a job at a horse farm and I worked there and that was kind of my first laborist, so to say job. Um, I cleaned out horse stalls, so you can imagine how fun that was. Uh, Sounds like a shitty job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That describes it pretty much perfectly. So, um, but a pitchfork and a wheelbarrow, there I was. So that's, that was kind of, you know, my first, my first lean into the labor side of things. But, um, so I did that for a couple of years and then my first year out of high school, I graduated high school in 2010. Um, but my first year out of high school, I was still playing select hockey and I was still, you know, going to go for a scholarship and that was still my goal. Um, so I played hockey that year, ended up having a concussion that year. And that was my second one in two years. So I missed about half the season. Um, and that obviously wasn't good for any kind of scouting reports or anything like that. So that kind of shut down some hopes. And I had some connections through previous coaches and just people that I had met, you know, throughout high school and whatnot. Um, so I still had a couple of tryout invitations and things like that. And I was after I after that season ended where I had my concussion and I had the tryout invitations for that summer. So in the meantime, I got my first landscaping job. My older brother knew a guy that was pretty close by. It was about a 30 minute drive, but he owned a pretty big landscape company. He had went to college and got a horticulture degree and, you know, ran a pretty okay. about a million dollar landscape company um, with a few guys, huh? but it was, it was, you know, no mowing, anything like that, really no maintenance. It was mostly just very extravagant installs. Yeah. We were doing 30 foot retaining walls and, you know, yeah, very, very big stuff. Um, lots of excavators and bobcats and dump trucks and all that good stuff. But anyway, so that was my first job in the green industry and I really enjoyed that. And, and he really liked what I was, what I was doing. And, and it was great. And I'd been there about three months and I was on my way to work one morning and it was, you know, we had to be there at six. It was a 30 minute drive. So it was about five fifteen in the morning, still dark and <clears throat> it was foggy. And, uh, I rear ended a semi going about 65 miles an hour and broke my femur. Oh, so that definitely put a hold on everything. Um, that obviously I wasn't working at the landscape job anymore. Um, I lost my truck and all the tryout invitations that I had for that summer were pretty much shot. So I basically lost, you know, I'd spent my whole life training and and working to be a hockey player, and that was, you know, that was still my goal, and those tryout invitations were basically all I had left because you can only play for so long as a a junior player, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
my window was narrowing, so to say, and that was about the last shot I had. And with a broken leg, obviously, I couldn't try out. So that all went out the window. So mm. I was laid up with a broken femur. You, you know, you can't move hardly for months. So I'm limping around and doing a lot of laying around and started thinking, you know, what do I want to do with my life? You know, hockey was yeah. my life. And now that's, you know, that's come come short you know i could still go play somewhere but it's not going to be what i wanted so in the time i was laid up i decided i was going to go to college and 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 pay and you know just just walk onto a team so that's what i did and it was a it was a local college and you know knowing that it wasn't going to go anywhere past college i wasn't too concerned i just wanted to play so that's yeah. what i did and you know didn't didn't check any other schools out or anything i just went to the local college and, and wanted to live at home and that's when i kind of started thinking you know maybe i can do some kind of landscaping on my own while i'm in college versus you know working somewhere for eight dollars an hour yes you know, seeing the money that was in it you know hearing this guy's numbers you know just overhearing while i was working for him you know he'll throw out a number like forty thousand fifty thousand and we're, <laughs> we're at the house for four days i'm just you know i'm over here going what the you know i'm i'm making yeah, yeah, he's yeah. paying me 13 bucks an hour and i think I'm rich, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's what it was. And then I, you know, going to, going to school, I was taking classes and I was playing hockey, but I still had a lot of free time as most college students do. So I started, you know, same thing, same thing that you told me your story. You know, I started passing out a, a few flyers here and there, nothing real serious at first. And, you know, next thing you know, I started getting a few calls here and there and friends, parents would call me and grandparents and, you know, family friends and things like that and that's i mean that's what really got me off the ground was there was a need for it around here you know it's a around here it's a lot of fly by night so to say companies okay, with yeah. not nice equipment and and you know nothing nice about them the people aren't personal personable you know it's it was there was a need for it around here so once i started passing out flyers and stuff you know i mean not overnight but you know over a year i started you know, gaining quite a few customers and was still going to college and doing that thing. So that's what I did for about three years was play hockey, went to school as a full-time student and was starting my landscape company. And my degree was in business my with a specialty in entrepreneurship. That was going to be my, my degree. Okay. And, you know, I was three years in and I was taking these classes that are supposed to be, you know, the the higher level classes and I'm thinking to myself, I want to learn something that's going to help my business. And, you know, just waiting for that day, basically, you know, going through the motions, just waiting for something that's going to benefit me, you know, and yeah. that day never came. And finally it had been three complete years and I had, um, between hockey and the business and everything, it was going to, I was on pace for five years. So I had two years left and I said, screw it, I'm done. And I, mm -hmm quit playing hockey and I quit going to school mm. and a lot of people kind of looked down on that but you know I had a girlfriend at the time and I still have the same girlfriend but um, she was on board because she knew you know she had watched me and she knew what I wanted and she knows my work ethic you know she knew I wasn't just gonna you know quit and roll over you know that's that wasn't my plan I wanted to grow and I wasn't growing yes and yes my brother saw the same thing and <clears throat> my mom saw the same thing. So everyone around me was on board, but you know, a lot of my teammates and a lot of the people, you know, that didn't see the whole picture, you know, yeah. didn't, didn't quite see what was going on and, and agree with it. But 
so that's what I did though. But I, I did that and a lot of people were against it, but I, I didn't worry about those people. I just focused on myself and that was 2013 was the, the year that I went full in. Okay. And, uh, and since then, I mean, it's, it's been incredible. I mean, what's, what's happened. If someone would have told me I would be where I'm at now, then I, I wouldn't believe them. Yeah. But it's all through hard work and lessons that I've learned, not necessarily in business, but just in life. You know, I'm only, I'm only 24 Mm -hmm. years old and I've, you know, I've learned a lot of things other ways and translated it into business. Awesome. And it's worked out. So awesome. Your story reminds me a lot uh, of uh, that. uh, When I joined that franchise, I was reading uh, uh, sort of the biography on the founder of the company. And he had a very similar uh, story where he um, was mowing lawns and doing that on the side while he was going to college and university. And uh, by the time, uh, you know, five or six years in, when he finished his university and, and graduated and got his diploma, he found that he was making more money in the land landscaping than he would make at the top of his profession that he went to school for <laughs> and decided to just go full in on the landscaping instead. Uh, yep. So that's funny that you were saying that. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of, I mean, I was, like I said, I was, I was juggling. I was playing a, playing a full-time sport that was involved. I was going to school full-time and I was running a, a business, a, a very small business at that time. But the money I was making as a very small business, juggling all that, I was thinking in my head, you know, if I would focus on this and put all my efforts into this and quit juggling, I can make something of this. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I finally made the leap. It took me a long time to do it, but I'm very happy that I did it. I have no regrets. That's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I think you answered part of this, but so what first attracted you to uh, the lawn care? Was it just because uh, of doing it early on uh, when you were 10 years old, you said you started doing some, uh, some lawns and stuff like that? Yeah, I had always mowed, you know, my own lawn at my house, a small in-town yard and always tried to mow with neighbors' yards and whatever for 10 bucks here and there, but I was a I was a big skateboarder when I was young, so I was always trying to build up money to buy new skateboards and things like that, accessories for my skateboards. Um but that was that was my goal and I was always, you know, mowing lawns was the way to get money when you were little, yeah, you know? yeah. especially around here. There was a lot of elderly people where I'm at and, you know, I would just push the mower down the street and wait until I saw a lawn that the grass was long and I'd go knock on the door and say, Hey, do you want me to cut your grass? I can see that it needs to be cut. And it wasn't, I wasn't trying to get reoccurring customers necessarily. I was just trying to make 10 bucks there and move on, you know, go find the next one that needed to be yeah, cut. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. But then really, whenever I got my first landscape job, that was, you know, I, like I said, I worked at the horse farm and I really liked being outside. I I didn't like, you know, the previous jobs I had, I was inside and I really didn't like that. I've always been an outside kind of guy. Um, so I enjoyed being outside and, you know, I was just searching for something outside and landscape just happened to happen. Okay, cool. And I noticed, I I noticed, sorry to interrupt there. Uh, I noticed um, uh, through your Instagram and stuff like that, that um, you've got your brother working for you and as well as your girlfriend working for you. Yeah. Um, so how does that uh, work out <laughs> with having your family and your girlfriend and, and all that all together? 
So my girlfriend doesn't really work for me. She she helps time to time, and there's a couple properties where she's the one that actually got me that property. And every once in a while, she'll go out there with me and okay. just kind of look over things. Um, so she doesn't really work with me. That was just kind of a fun picture. Okay, um, yeah. But my brother, he's pretty much you know been there since day one. Not necessarily an employee, but he's always helped me, and we've done you know just just through research and, you know, going to look at different things and checking out, you know, just trying to learn basically not necessarily working, but he's been there with me since day one, trying to learn just as much as I was trying to learn. And really up until this year, I had never had a need for a full-time employee. He's helped me from time to time on larger jobs. Um, but for the most part, I've been by myself until now, but you know, 2017, the end of 2016, or really all of 2016, I was cutting 53 yards in three days. Wow. Um, I was cutting 36 hours in three days, and then I was doing landscape for two or three more days. So it got to the point where I was just, you know, I was running my body dry. You know, I had nothing left really at the end of the year. I was so ready for a break and I've always, yeah. you know, I enjoy the winter, but I've never yeah. been ready. Like I was ready this year. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you, you know, start looking one. forward to it. Yeah. And, uh, my brother was actually working, uh, a very good job. He was working for Boeing and, um, he, you know, just, I told him what was going on basically. And I said, you know, I want to make you the first offer you've, You've been there since day one. You've helped me with a lot of stuff and, you know, you deserve it if anybody's going to grow with me, you know, and he knows the potential for growth, obviously seeing the way that things have built. But, um, I said, you know, if somebody's going to grow with me, I want it to be you. And, uh, he thought about it for a little while and he decided he wanted to come along. So, um, we're, you know, we're just getting started in it together and, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, but that's where we're at as of now. Awesome. So you guys have obviously uh, uh, had a really good relationship growing up. Yeah, then. we've we've always been extremely, extremely close uh, playing sports together. And I said I was a skateboarder. He skateboarded as well. And uh, he's always played hockey as well. And uh, we lost our dad in 2008. And really... Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. And uh, really since then, I mean, we've kind of been, you know, we do pretty much everything together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Family is awesome. Um, yeah, family's number one. I'm going to say yeah. that over, you know, everyone wants to run the the best business possible. But I mean, I've, you know, everyone gets caught up and I've been caught up myself. But don't let your business overtake your family. If you're working that much, you need to hire somebody else. You need to spend time with your families. Yes. Uh, very, very good lesson. Yeah. Much yeah no, it's my probably, yeah. One of probably my number one motivation for being self-employed uh, is uh, my family and having the freedom to uh, enjoy time with them and spend time with them and, uh, and do that and not let, uh, you know, work is great and building your business is great, but uh, you know, you have limited time uh, on this earth. I always say the day that you're born is also the first day to the countdown of your death. It seems kind of gloom, gloomy, but uh, you know, it's, it's all there it's and very and, upfront and realistic. Yeah. And uh, you know, do as much as you can. Don't take any moment for granted. Um, so getting into the uh, business side of things, um, what type of uh, work do you prefer? Do you like doing the commercial stuff um, or do you do residential and why? Um, we prefer residential and the reason being residential customers are extremely loyal. Yeah. Um, I have in my time, you know, in the four serious years that I've been doing this, I've had one customer put their lawn out for bid 
And that is how I got that customer the year before is they weren't happy with the price of the previous guy, which after her telling me I agreed was too high. Um, mm-hmm. So I did it for a little bit cheaper and I was still making the money I needed to make on it. Yeah. And she just complained and complained and complained and complained. It was you know, the worst customer that I've ever had um, other than the couple that I've had that are never paid. But um, that's a different story. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, I prefer residential because they don't put it out for bid. If if it wasn't for snow removal and salting, I probably wouldn't do any commercial at all. It would probably oh, be okay. strictly yeah. residential. But in the wintertime, you know, picking up some parking lots and stuff that don't have any grass that I don't mow in the summer, but I take care of them in the winter, that kind of, you know, whenever it snows, it's nice to get that money. So those commercials are nice for certain things and it all depends really what you're geared towards, but we're geared mostly towards mowing and maintenance and the residentials are very loyal and it's very consistent. Yes, yes. Very. I'm I'm completely the same. I love doing residential only. Um, I did uh, when I started out uh, a bit of commercial and quickly found that what you're saying that there's no loyalty in it. Um, I remember doing this huge trucking complex and uh, taking over from some other company. And, uh, you know, the guy was uh, in ch- the guy that was in charge of hiring was like, wow, you're doing a great job. The owners, you know, says it's great. And, you know, I'd be there at eight in the morning and at four thirty five five o'clock I'd still as he's leaving to go home he's like you're still here and I said yeah I just want to get this all done and you know he was like oh it looks great the owner keeps you know saying how nice it looks and I started to see how much time I was spending there and going you know okay the next year I'm gonna have to up the bid a little bit because I'm spending a lot more time than I had uh and it originally considered. So by the end of the season I told him you know I'm gonna have to raise the price because of this and this and and uh you know it drop me like a hot potato (laughs) and it was like really you just been telling me how much better i've been doing than the other guy that it's never looked so good but because of a you know two hundred dollar a month raise uh you're uh dropping me for that and i'm doing four visits so you know basically uh you know not that big of a an increase um but uh, yeah i just found no loyalty in that so i started going residential and found that you know building those relationships with residential clients they're with you it doesn't matter if somebody else is knocking on the door i have one client who actually told me uh that they had uh there's i don't know if you guys have this where you're from but a few years ago started this trend of companies coming around in the spring just aerating lawns and they hire a whole bunch of students and they're just out like completely blanketing neighborhoods on foot walking with uh aerators and they have this like one of those like 15 passenger vans full of these kids a flatbed trailer with like 20 aerators on it and they drop off kids on the corners of neighborhoods and the kids just go all day long pushing aerators knocking on doors door to door and uh undercutting the prices on aerating and my loyal customers I, i had one telling me that you know the guy knocked at the door and you know said you know can we aerate your lawn he's like no no no, i got a a guy that does it and he's like well you know we'll do it for this much and he's like no no no. i told you i've got a guy that does it and then he the guy cut the price down again okay we'll do it for this much he's like no no you don't get it i've got my guy he'll come and do it and he's like well what if we pay you to do it like we'll pay you to do your lawn just so we can put a sign on it and he's like no 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 no. i've got a guy that does it right it's like your customers will be so loyal in protecting you because of the relationship you build with them. And, uh, you know, once I started seeing that, I was like, 
you know, residential is the way for me, at least. I know a lot of guys prefer the, the, the commercial stuff, but for me, uh, I like the residential. Yeah, I'm with you on the residential stuff for sure, and that is a horrible story. Not for you. That's a yeah. good, that's a good customer, but I hope those college kids don't come walking around here. No, it's crazy. It's uh, it, it, it's and the 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 worst part now is that there's copycat companies doing it. They've seen the success of these guys just blanketing. So now there's like two or three. So in the spring, you'll get sometimes uh, you know. Uh, two a day coming to your door knocking oh uh, you know do I, it's crazy it's That's just in, yeah it's insane and they've totally you know on an average aeration that might be 75 dollars. you know they're doing lawns for like 25 bucks and it's like are you kidding me you're like killing the whole what was a good yeah <laughs> what was a good was thing a but good luckily thing. Yeah, but what you know, luckily, like I say, your my customers at least uh, will stick to it, and they still pay me the seventy five bucks to do my lawn Definitely. or to do their lawns and stuff because of the loyalty. Yep, and we have we don't have too many people walking around here, but there are companies that you know. There's a lot of door hangers, a lot of a lot of direct mailers and things like that, and there's companies that kind of try to blanket with mowing and and you know they have success, but the people that I have had established i've lost a handful of customers in my in my four years and you know unfortunately a lot of it has been to death um you know yeah. and, and things like that are people moving but very rarely do i lose anyone that's going to continue to pay for lawn service you yeah, know yeah. that's that's hardly happened at all so um you know my customers my customers are definitely loyal, but I see that, you know, even with other people, people that I know that, you know, I've known my whole lives and they get their lawns cut and I say, you know, would you like a bid? And they're like, no, we're okay. You know, we, we've had the same guy for, you know, 10 years or whatever. So even yes. customers that aren't mine, you know, I, I would try to get them because I know the people obviously, and I know they pay for yeah. lawn service and they're like, you know, nothing against you or anything. If we ever switch, we'll call you, but we don't plan on switching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the loyalty is just awesome in uh, and it's all about building those relationships. It is uh, with with the people. Yeah, um, and I've also had people call me that will say, you know, we were with this guy, you know, he didn't show up or he, you know, promised this and didn't didn't deliver. So you have to you have to do what you're supposed to do, but as long as you take care of them, they're going to take care of you. Yes, yes, yeah. Um so in what ways do you market your business and maybe share um, your number one marketing tip? My number one marketing tip is let people know what you do. If no one knows what you do, they can't know to hire you, especially. And that goes mostly for people you know, family, friends. But through – I mean I I try not to pay really any money for marketing. My I did the first couple of years. I, I did the phone book mm -hmm. and I found – you know, quickly that that was dead. I paid a lot of money yeah. for no customers. Um, yeah. So I had a, you know, I had a big ad and all this stuff and, and got nothing from it. So if you're in the phone book or if you have done, or if you're thinking about doing the phone book, I would strongly suggest pulling and putting your funds elsewhere. And if you're yeah. having good success for it, I would like to know how. Yeah. <laughs> But internet is definitely the way to go as far as marketing. But I do Facebook. I do Instagram, obviously. A lot of people know me on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook as well. Yep. I have YouTube. Um, but my YouTube is not as much geared towards getting 
getting business necessarily. But the main thing I do is I try to post, you know, I try to post things on my Facebook. I have a Facebook business page as well. And I post okay. on there and I just try to reach, you know, different people. But I also try, I only service a very small area. So I try to get people within, you know, my town basically mm-hmm. to see my stuff. And that way, you know, they always say it's not the first time they see it, it's the sixth or the seventh. Yes. You know, so I try to keep it you know, I don't overwhelm people, but I want them to know that I'm not going anywhere, that I'm constantly doing work. And I try to post pictures of different kinds of work. I don't post a picture of grass every single day. I'll post one picture of grass. And the next day, if we do a little mulch job, I'll post that or, you know, leaves or, you know, whatever, just try to try to kind of show them everything you do. Don't post the same thing a hundred times or yes, whenever yes. they think of you, they're only going to think of, you know, the grass. You know, yes. You got to make sure, you know, if you do multiple services, try to post, you know, try to keep things even and post, post different things. Don't keep posting the same thing. But um, really, I mean, back to the, to the question, as far as marketing goes, I don't, I don't necessarily pay money to market. I try to try to kind of push it around, you know, and have friends and family share my posts and things like that and, and just reach people that way rather than paying money to reach people. Yeah. We sound very, very similar in that uh, respect as well. Um, I haven't uh, paid too much uh, as far as marketing goes as well. I did a small newspaper ad when I first uh, went on my own when I left the franchise. And in a previous business, I tried the the Yellow Pages ads and was paying like $500 a month for a year and got zero calls from it. Um, so I relate on that uh, aspect as well. Um, and then uh, when I left my franchise uh, and went on my own, I did exactly what you were saying in that uh, concentrating on a specific area instead. In fact, I named my whole, uh, my new business after the neighborhood uh, that I was working in. And I think that's why it grew so fast uh, in relation to uh, the franchise where I was having to run around uh, all over the city with a way bigger uh, geographical area by concentrating in that smaller area, um, naming the company after it, and just that visibility instead of you know, doing one job on one side of town with my trailer visible there. And then I'm not showing up for a whole week in that area where now every day my trailer is visible in this neighborhood. It's constantly driving on the same roads back and forth. Uh, and just the visibility there, I haven't had to, uh, spend, uh, anything now on, uh, uh, any sort of, uh, uh, marketing as well. So I can, uh, uh, be a testament to what you're saying as far as uh, uh, that sort of uh, way by concentrating in a smaller area and just being very visible. Um, you know, like you said, they might not call on the first time they see you, but after repeated, uh, uh, you know, seeing you all the time and all that sort of stuff, it just uh, sticks in their head uh, who they, uh, you know, the first person that they call when they do uh, need something. Yeah, exactly. Um, you uh, you pushed me to another point. Um, you know, I, I said I haven't spent any money on marketing, and I lied. I I bought an enclosed trailer, and there I you go. put a very very large logo and a very very large telephone number, and I didn't dress it all up and put stuff everywhere and you know make it overwhelming for someone driving yep. by. There's one thing to look at, and there's one thing to read. You're not going to miss it when I drive by, and I have a, it's yes. a large eight and a half by sixteen with 
the I think it's seven and a half billboard. Tall. It's it, it's a rolling billboard and it is red. And you know my business yeah. isn't necessarily red, but I did it on purpose. It's a target. You're not you're not going to miss me when I drive by. Yeah, and I have had more compliments on that trailer in the three months that I used it than I did on my setup the entire three and a half years prior to that. Yeah. So I mean, I had people before say, "Oh, your your trailer's organized," but now you know they don't even see the inside, and you know some people do from the back, but the majority of people see me pull up and they're like, "Wow, that is a nice shiny big." You know that that trailer looks awesome. Yeah. We can tell it's brand new. It looks you know looks so you know, professional and you just yeah. had people come out of their houses just to tell me that my trailer looks nice. And yeah. <laughs> that speaks volumes, you know, those people, yeah. you know, not that they're lazy, but they don't even mow their own grass and they're coming outside to say that my trailer looks good. So yeah, yeah. they obviously wanted to compliment me, you know, it, it obviously caught their attention and they thought it was worth sharing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's totally true. The, that whole professional image and amazingly what um, picking good colors and contrast. I see so many times like, you know, having an, your company name on a vehicle for whatever business it is, is so commonplace now. And there's times where I can be, you know, stopped at a red light behind somebody who's got something on their window or something and I can't even read it. And it's like, I'm, I'm right behind you. I can't even read what the heck because your colors, you may be having, uh, you know, silver lettering on a white vehicle or something like that. It's, there's no contrast there. Uh, and it's crazy. And with my trailer, you know, I, I wouldn't say a block away. Well, a block away, you'd be able to see it, the colors at least. Um, but definitely in an intersection, uh, driving by, there's no doubt you can see just like yours you can see how clear it is the name is is right there um it's just amazing with the color P taking your time and thinking about the contrast of your colors and and standing out from everybody else having a red trailer like i've just got a uh, my trailer was originally green but it's now it's black with uh sort of the monster energy drink colors the green black trailer with uh green and uh white letters but yours actually goes i think a step above because having that red in a sea of black trailers because everybody's got a black trailer it's like the standard color uh that comes with trailers whether they're flatbed trailers or you know any other trailer but having that red just stand out um is uh fantastic i think that's gonna uh, prove to be um uh, really uh, uh a great marketing tool for you uh in the future yeah, and that's exactly, you know, it was time for a new trailer. I bought my previous enclosed trailer brand new as well, but that one had just been used a lot. I mean, it was used as our main trailer. We would haul rock on it, mulch on it, mowers on it. You know, we would haul a, a Toro Dingo on it. I mean, we were mm -hmm. hauling everything we had was going on this trailer. Um, so that trailer got wore out. It was time for a new one, and we were debating you know, it, it, it took a while to decide what we wanted to do because the price difference is so, so much different. It's more than double. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were deciding and that's kind of what it came down to was it's going to be, you know, it's whatever way you want to look at it, it's going to translate to jobs. Yeah. Um, it's going to translate to work, not necessarily, you know, right away, but you know, like we said, it's not the first time they see you, it's the sixth and the seventh, you know, and that's, you know, we're, 
we're trying to focus more on one area. You know, we, we have in the past driven all over the place, like you're saying for your franchise. Um, but we've toned it down. You know, we started to see, mm-hmm. okay, it's not worth going to this place. You know, we'll, we'll find someone in that area and we'll pass their name along and we'll just, you know, say this person may be able to do it cheaper for you. I don't know, but either way, you know, it's not working for us. We found them they're in your local area, try them out. So we've, yeah. we've gotten rid of customers that way. And, you know, no one wants to get rid of customers, but at the same time, it's not worth the stress on your vehicle and all that to be, to be driving all over the place. But being, being in one place, like you're saying all the time, it makes your business look like you have 50 employees because they see your trailer three times a day. When in reality, yes. it's only because you're not leaving that area. It's not because yes. you have a ton of trucks and a ton of trailers and employees. You just don't go anywhere. You're you're in the same spot. So if they drive by that spot, they're going to see you. Yes. And yeah. And obviously you're doing something right. If uh, they're seeing you uh, multiple places and multiple times, right? They're like, well, the guy's obviously uh, being hired uh, quite a bit. Must yeah. know what he's doing as well. Exactly. And yeah, around here, I mean, I, I live in a small town, so everybody knows everybody, so to say. So, you know, word of mouth goes a long way. And like you're saying, you know, working for other people, they'll see me working for other people. And a lot of times they'll know who that person is or know whose property that is, you know, so... Um, it really does, your work really does speak volumes and that's the best, you know, you can talk to everybody. You can, you can wear the nicest shirt, you can have the nicest truck, but if you don't perform, no one's going to hire you. So yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what equipment you have, find a way to do the job and do it right. And you will grow. Do it. Yes. That's one of my biggest, uh, uh, things that I've learned as well is, uh, you know, the trailer, the uniform, that image, um, you know, you can't just, uh, put out that image of being professional, but not follow through with the work. Um, I find, and, and sometimes it's not your fault and it can be hard when you're starting a business because you want the work, you want the jobs and you go to bid on something and you lay it out to the customer, what it's going to take. And they don't necessarily want to do <clears throat> all the steps uh, required. Um, I find this all the time. Uh, I do a lot of lawn rentals where you're having to power rake and air rate and uh, reseed a whole lawn and top dress it and all that stuff. And and it, it's quite the package. And at the end of bidding the customer, I find a lot of times where the customer's like, well, I don't want to do that. How about we just do this or we just do this part or we'll just do that part. And I always turn them down. I say, you know what, then I'm not, I'm not the guy for you. And I explain because my trailer is going to be sitting there and it's very visible and all your neighbors with the noise of the power rakes and aerators are going to be looking out their window and they're going to be seeing that trailer. And they're going to be seeing me tearing up your lawn, uh, power raking it and all that stuff. But the problem is in two months when your lawn uh, basically looks like crap because we didn't do all the steps that I'm telling you are required to ensure that your lawn's going to be nice. They're going to remember that trailer and say, well, that guy didn't know what he was doing. And, uh, you know, what a mess. I'm never hiring those guys again. So I, I always turn down customers because of because of that. And they totally understand. And, and some of them, obviously, for financial reasons, will say, okay, that's, I totally understand, but, you know, I'm, I can't afford it. Well, you know, I'll have to find somebody else. But I've turned a lot of them uh, into doing the full project because they understand then that, um, you know, my uh, reputation is means more to me than just making a quick buck. 
uh, and following through on that. So great point that you have there about that. And like you're saying, you know, people, especially if it's a lawn rental, like you're talking about, or you're doing a landscape install, or even if it's just cutting the grass every week, if you don't do a good job, people are going to remember whose trailer was there and remember who made it look not good, you know, or who made it look crappy or whatever, whatever way you want to put it. But you know, people don't forget. And it's like you're saying your reputation is way more valuable than a couple bucks. You know, it's not yep. gonna, it's not gonna buy you a reputation. Your reputation is priceless. So focus on that and good things will happen. Yep. And actually the opposite as well. Uh, even if uh, the neighbors are at work and they don't see your trailer and you do a good job, they'll know about it because they'll go to that person's house, you know, in a couple months when that lawn is the best one on the block and go, what are you doing to your lawn? And, you know, I've had a customer tell me, you know, every day in the evening, people are walking up and down the street and they're, uh, you know, they always stop when we're outside and ask us, you know, what, what do we do to our lawn that makes it look so good? And they, we, we say, we always respond with, we've got a special lawn guy. He yep. takes care of it. And if you want his number, we're happy to give it to you. And, uh, that, so, you know, even if you're not visible, if you do a good job, they'll, you're, it'll get around that you're the guy that does uh, the quality work yep. and it speaks for itself. You hit the um, nail on the head. That's exactly right. So maybe you can uh, share a time you've struggled in your business and maybe what you learned or did to overcome it. Uh, I've struggled a lot, but uh, one thing that really comes to mind and now it kind of seems small, but back then it was a very large thing. I bought a truck. It's, this would have been my first dump truck. It was a Chevy 3500, and we bought it, and everything was going okay. Whenever you know, whenever I test drove it, it was fine. It wasn't a nice truck, but it was it was going to work for us. And uh, we get it home, and I take it up to my mechanic, and I have them check it out. And they basically said that the motor was junk, um, and it was it was fine whenever I test drove it, like I said. And about a week after, it just started lagging, and and you could tell something wasn't right. And uh, so they basically said the motor was junk and it was going to be about 5000 somewhere between five and 6000 to replace the engine. And at that Ouch. time, that was not feasible. Um, not, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wouldn't have, it's not that it would have hurt it. I could not do it. Um, mm-hmm. So there I am stuck with, you know, a lot, a good portion of my money stuck in this truck and it's no use to me. Um, so I tried calling the guy back and getting him to, you know, be good on his word he told me that the truck was fine he told me you know basically i didn't know anything about it and all this stuff and i'm like well it's kind of rare chance that it would just you know randomly happen to me you know i don't know why it was okay whenever i test drove it i don't know if you if he rigged something up or mm-hmm. or what happened but it, it it had low compression and everything else and they said that he may you know he could have put a thicker oil in it or he could have done you know multiple things to get it to yeah. perform okay for a little while yes yes um so that's what happened and uh uh, it it really really sucked. Um, I was sitting there for weeks, you know, basically not not knowing what to do. And I posted it up for sale, you know, with the known issue, and was trying to get the money, you know, or close to the money that I had sunk in it back out of it. And obviously that was kind of a long shot. Yeah. Um, but I kept it up there, and I got in touch with a guy who owned a, basically owned a truck rehab kind of 
body shop mechanic place. All they did was buy old trucks that needed work, you know, whether it be semis or down, you know, all the way down to the one tons. Yeah. Um, and he would buy them and fix them and, you know, paint them or do what he had to do, turn around and, and make a buck basically. And, uh, he ended up giving me about $500 less than what I paid for the truck. So oh, okay. it, it took time and, and whatever, but it was a, it was a lesson for sure. You know, don't, <laughs> you know, don't go out and, you know, I, I thought I checked the truck over and everything and it was kind of unfortunate because I, I still to this day believe that something was, was not right. But, um, that was definitely, uh, definitely a struggle and definitely a letdown to me for sure. Okay. Yeah. That would definitely be a huge bummer uh, to discover yeah. that with your new truck and just sinking a whole yeah. bunch of hard earned money into it. Um, so, yeah, but a good lesson what? was learned there too, and and I guess everyone can kind of benefit from that. You know, it was a horrible thing, but through perseverance, I didn't give up on it. You know, I didn't just let it sit there and rot. I kept searching and kept searching, and I found somebody who who needed it or who wanted it, and you know, it, it ended up working out. So, yeah. those things do too. I mean, if you you know, obviously catastrophic things aren't going to work out in the end, but you know, sometimes bad things can can still work out okay. Yep. Patience is a virtue. That is say. correct. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? My favorite thing about being self-employed is easily the freedom. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to take that as me taking off work and considering that freedom. I'm not talking about that kind of freedom. I'm talking no. if I need extra money, I can... I can go find extra work or try to go find extra work or, you know, call and call a customer that has been talking about a project that we haven't sat down and discussed yet. Or, you know, I have freedom to, if I need more money, go get more money. Or if I'm doing perfectly fine on money and there's a family event and, you know, a landscape job comes up, I can turn that landscape job down because I don't, you know, I'd rather spend time with my family. I don't need the money right now. You know, that's more important to me. So it's, it's freedom in the sense of being able to do what you want to do, whether work more or in certain situations work less. Now for me, it's usually work more, but you know, for the given situations, sometimes it's take a day off or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's by far in my eyes, the best thing about being self-employed. Yeah, I'm the same. The freedom is uh, is uh, exactly what you're talking about. It's not like you say, not uh, uh, going and you know just taking off work for no reason. It's it's being able to if you need to, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and just being in control of your destiny and knowing that uh, you know there's nobody. You're not relying on anybody else. You can uh, do what you want when you need to. And um, it's just uh, once you get a taste of it, it's like I could never imagine uh, going back to work for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I understand when people say that they're, uh, you know, after working for themselves that they're now uh, unemployable by uh, anybody else. It's, uh, there's just no way to go back once you've tasted that uh, uh, freedom and being in charge. Yeah. The success is, is very addicting. Once you get it, you, like you said, there's, I don't, I could never work for someone else. You know, I, there's no way I just, I couldn't do it. And that's kind of scary because I'm only 24 thinking that, yeah. you know, my <laughs> destiny is literally in my hands, but, yeah. um, you know, my personality and, and the way my mind works, yeah. you know, in my eyes, that's a very, very positive thing. So mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I, I take life one day at a time, but I'm gonna, you know, 
I'm going to keep going with this and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, let me see here. Uh, so one of the most, um, common questions that I get in my business when I tell somebody I'm a landscaper, I meet them, um, you know, they, they automatically uh, say, what do you do in the winter? Um, so obviously, uh, through your Instagram, I know that, uh, you are obviously working in a place that has winter. Um, and, uh, so what do you do in the winter, um, uh, to, uh, keep busy and, uh, you know, keep your business going, or do you take, uh, advantage of the break and, uh, and relax and rest your body? I do a little bit of both. I, I definitely take advantage of the break and, you know, there's times where I can relax, but there's also, you know, other things that need to be done, maintaining equipment, cleaning equipment, you know, storing equipment, things like that. Just, you know, the summer equipment needs to be taken care of and that takes a little while. Um, we also do leaf removal. We have a large dump trailer and a leaf vacuum. So that keeps us busy for two months or so. Um, and that's, that's mm-hmm. growing every year. So that's getting to be a good thing. Um, this year we did them past the, past the first of the year. So, um, and we're still getting a few calls actually. So leaf removal is definitely keeping us busy. And, you know, here in St. Louis, we don't get too much snow, but it's enough to have plows and and to be worth it to have plows. But, you know, you can never count on snow here. So we don't count on it, but we are ready for it. And if it, if it comes, it, it gets us out of the house, so to say. But, uh, we, for income, we rely on, on leaf removal really in the wintertime. Okay. Uh, so how do you like the, uh, the whole leaf vac system? I've never used one, um, working by myself and with smaller yards here, um, you know, it's just basically using the backpack blower and either uh, blowing them into piles and then just raking them uh, up onto tarps or, uh, into bags and stuff. Um, or for smaller jobs, uh, using the little, uh, handheld blower vac and mulching them up, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, with the, um, did you do it manually before the leaf vac, uh, before you, went into that sort of investment yeah so we always did it basically like what you're saying we you know whatever way it worked and we were doing smaller yards and it you know it was always feasible not a problem um and we got a few a few larger yards that would ask to you know have their leaves removed and some of them would be able to blow into the woods or you know down into a creek or something where they can just dispose or some of them we were trying to mulch up and it got to the point where we had a few yards that there, you know, there was just nothing we could do with it. I mean, even loading them up was, there's no way to pack them in there that tight. And it was going to, you know, I was going to have to charge the customer $500 to remove their leaves, yeah, you yeah. know, and not, you know, that's what I would have had to charge them, not feeling good about it, but to make, you know, to make the margin I need to make, that's what it yeah. would have taken. So I, we got to thinking about it and I said, you know, if we had one of those vacuums, we could probably do this cheaper and, you know, be able to use this vacuum on all these other kind of yards. So uh, what we did, and we actually have done this for a lot of equipment, but I don't believe when you're trying something out that you should go buy something new. I think you should always try to find a decent used piece of equipment, use it, and whether you use it for a year to test it out or whether you use it for two weeks to test it out, you know, if you buy used and, and you know what you're looking for when you go to buy used, you can find a decent piece of equipment. And if you don't like it, you can sell it and usually get close to your money back out of it and not be, you know, it's like a new car. You buy a new piece of equipment. And as soon as you leave, you lost a thousand dollars on it or whatever. Yes. So yeah. Um, a lot of people, and that's why a lot of people don't take those jumps is because they don't want to lose the money and they don't want it to be not worth it. But uh, 
So for us, we found, you know, we found it used, we found it right. And I said, you know, talking to my brother, like I said, he's always been there. He wasn't working with me at the time, but he knew what was going on. And, uh, we found it for the right price. And I said, if I don't like it, you know, I'll clean it up and I'll sell it for what I paid for it. You know? So we bought it, we fabricated up a frame for our dump trailer and that was three years ago and we're still using the same loader. And like I said, we use it for a solid two months out of the year. So it's been, you know, and I bought that, that's the used one. I never went and bought a new one. So it's is, you know, it was definitely, definitely worth the investment. And it is, you know, it's, it's nice because it, it broadens the jobs you're able to do because, you know, people that don't have one, you know, won't always take on those larger leaf jobs where, you know, we're able to. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Another great piece of advice for the listeners out there is, uh, you know, try to look for what you need used first. Don't burden yourself down with a mountain of debt. It's not worth it. Um, you know, especially if you're just trying something out, you don't even have, say, uh, in a lot of cases, you see guys that don't even have the work lined up yet and they're already, um, you know, getting into debt for thousands of dollars for this, uh, you know, equipment. Um, you know, when I was looking into getting an aerator and, uh, the, uh, power rake for my business, uh, was along sort of the similar, uh, sort of path here in Canada, everything is, uh, you know, at least 30% more than the prices there in the U S. Um, and you know, an aerator, a small, you know, bluebird aerator is in the $4,000 range here. Um, and the power rakes are in the $2,700 range here new. Um, so I went on a search for used ones and hit up a bunch of, uh, um, you know, tool equipment, rental places and stuff. And I ended up getting my bluebird, uh, aerator for a thousand dollars um 11 years ago and i still use that thing every season every spring and every fall um it's built like a tank um you know it was all uh you know uh, not the prettiest when i bought it it was uh, uh obviously a, an ex rental um but they're built like a tank um so it's been fantastic and the power rick was the same i paid 300 dollars for it um but, you know, knowing the, the commercial Honda motors and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, it wasn't smoking. They weren't thing. It was starting up and running, had cosmetic issues, maybe needed a, a couple of little welds here and there. But, um, you know, overall, they've been fantastic machines and, and, you know, going into it thinking, you know, I'll buy them and used and, and try them out and see how I like them. And, you know, I had never at that point even done an, an, an air rating or a power rake, uh, but you know, 10, 11 years, uh, have passed and I still have no need to buy brand new machines because they just keep going and going and going there. So a great lesson to look for stuff used first. Um, and, uh, you know, save yourself that depreciation. Um, and, uh, you know, get, get into the business that way. Um, so share a, your best piece of advice for those just starting out in the business. Somebody's sitting there and they're thinking about, um, you know, wanting to start a landscape business. They're tired of working for somebody else. Um, you know, get them over that, that hump. My best piece of advice would be don't be intimidated. That's the biggest problem I see. That was my problem when I started out, but that is by far the biggest problem I see is people think, you know, I, 
they're not going to hire me. I don't have the brand new truck. I'm only, you know, a one or two man show and they know who's, you know, say you're wanting to go bid on a complex or something and you know the company that's doing it and they got 15 trucks and all this stuff going on and, and you're intimidated to bid against them or you're intimidated to talk to the president of the homeowners association or, you know, whoever's in charge of, groundskeeping at the complex you're looking at or, or whatever it may be but you can't be intimidated it's you know it's a job they're looking for somebody they're looking yeah. for somebody reliable they're looking for somebody consistent so if you're reliable you're consistent and you have the equipment to complete the job there's you should not be intimidated you you're on the same playing field as everybody else just because they have 20 trucks and 40 employees doesn't mean that they're any better than you they're not you know a lot of those companies are actually worse than the one or two man guys because their quality is so poor yeah so you can't be intimidated you know, because you're just starting out and, you know, even if you know, there's no way I'm going to get this account, which there are just some accounts where, you know, you know, say someone's been cutting it for 20 years or, you know, whatever. If you, you know, there's just some properties, you know, you're not going to get the account, but comes back to the point. They're not going to hire you the first time you walk in. They're not going to hire you the second time, maybe not the third, fourth, or fifth time, but maybe the sixth or seventh time. So if you're in your first year and there's this you know large account that you would love to have, but you think there's no way you're going to get it, go poke your head in there, say hello, shake their hand, tell them who you are, tell them who you know what business you own or, or you know whatever business you're starting, and see if they're interested. And you know if you know it's that kind of place, they're going to say no, and you're going to walk out, and you're going to do the same thing next year and the year after that, and in five or six years, you may be the person that you think is never going to lose that account. So don't be intimidated by the size of the company or, you know, whoever's doing it now. Don't let any of that bother you. If if you know you can do the job right, go in there and give them your best and, and see what happens. Yeah, great advice. There's something there's something inside you that's getting you to this point. You know, if you're thinking about starting a land, uh, lawn, a land care a lawn care business, sorry, uh, or a landscaping business, um, there's something inside you that's pushing you in that direction. So you got to trust in yourself and use your the fact that you are working by yourself as an advantage. I would sell it all the time. Um, you know, I would tell customers that you know you're not getting some uh, you know. Uh, CEO coming around and uh, bidding on the job and then sending some uh, minimum wage employees that don't care to take care of your property. You're getting me, um, you know, so I'm the one bidding. I'll be the one here every week doing the job. If you have any concerns, I'm the one here, like I said, every week. So sell it, use it to your advantage. Um, now, you talked about uh, sort of overcoming uh, the fear uh, and all that. Um now that brings me to a point because even I am, um, you know, suffer from that, uh, as well at times. And one of the biggest things, um, th you know, that I, I look at even for myself is getting into say snow removal and doing those commercial contracts with a plow and, uh, and all that. And, and that seems to even me to be a, a sort of a, a visual or mental block to be able to get past that point um, and and to invest the money and go into that direction with the liability and uh, you know the potential liability I should say um, so how did you get your was it just a natural progression for you to go into the snow removal uh, part of it or did you sort of uh, weigh those sort of um, issues and stuff 
So the snow removal thing was actually kind of a kind of a funny deal the way it worked out. But um, you know, once I started the lawn care, I had you know customers that wanted me to do the whole kit and caboodle, and and they said, you know, if it snows, we want you to come and shovel the driveway in the winter. So I had driveways that I was doing, and uh, there was actually in the forecast there was a. 10 inch snow which in st louis does not happen it happens once every 10 years so that was what was coming and i had one of the i have one big commercial account and i've had them since day one i got past the customer was passed to me by another guy um but that's my big commercial account so this was this was the main account that got me into the snow removal but they called me and said you know, with this big snow coming, are you interested? And I was, you know, kind of, kind of hesitant and kind of nervous about it. But I said, let me do some research and see what I can do. So I found a plow on Craigslist the same way I found the leaf loader. And it was under, it was under a thousand dollars and it was ready to, you know, be bolted up to the truck that I had at the time. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I looked at, you know, I asked them what they were being charged at the time and, and what they told me and, you know, to plow it and to uh, spread salt on it, which we were going to do with the hand spreader is going to take a while. But that's that was our our uh, plan of attack. And, you know, they were paying out over five hundred dollars. So I thought, you know, at under a thousand for this plow, one snow, I can make that much out of it. Worst comes to worst, I'll sell it you know, for 500 and I'll be back to square one, but I'll at least have tried it. And yeah. we were pretty much guaranteed at least, you know, some, some plowable snow that coming week. So I jumped on it, went and picked it up and, uh, me and my buddy started putting it on the night we picked it up and it took us six days to get the entire plow done. And anybody listening to this that has done a plow is laughing right now because that's a little, <laughs> a little ridiculous um you know now i can do it in a couple of hours but yeah yeah uh, we had no idea what we were doing you know we were we were young and and dumb so to say um but this was only a few years ago but um up until that point you know up until my landscape side of things i had always been you know mechanically inclined but i've never really you know dove into anything um and so this was kind of you know a new experience to us and we were going off wiring diagrams trying to match up the truck to the the truck wiring to the plow harness wiring and the plow harness was chopped up and and everything else we had to you know hammer the mount on because it had a bent part on it and drill holes and everything else so it ended up being a pretty serious ordeal but uh we got it done and we ended up plowing that snow and that snow just by doing driveways in that one parking lot I made like fifteen hundred dollars. So uh-huh. that, you know, it was it was a gamble and it paid off, but um that's that's how we got into it and that was kind of a tease because to this day I haven't seen anything even close to that again. But uh, oh. <laughs> that was that was a pretty cool experience being able to for the first time ever to be able to plow. It was I think it was nine inches of snow, so it was it was pretty fun, pretty rare, but it it definitely got me hooked, and now I'm just waiting for another nine inches. Just snow. waiting for more. <laughs> we don't we don't get snow very often here uh, as well here on the. I know in, I say this all the time that a lot of people think uh, here in Canada that we're all um, you know living in igloos and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But on the west coast, at least, uh, it's very rare. Uh, we have wet, mild winters um, with the occasional snow. The biggest last biggest snowstorm we had uh, before this year uh, was probably 2008. Um, um, and then, you know, we'll get a day or 
two days of snow, but it's followed by rain. So there's not really any need to uh, plow it or clean it up or anything. It just yeah. washes away. Um, but this year we had uh, enough snow and the rain did not come for over a month. So it stuck around. And uh, I know some other landscapers, um, one particularly that does a lot of uh, concrete and construction and sidewalks and stuff like that. And then, you know, when there's snow, his whole crew, all his bobcats and dump trucks are turned into salt trucks and, and everything and he goes and he says that he can do more uh, income cleaning up snow than he does the whole year with the rest of the construction side of it and it's just mind-boggling when you think about that that you know uh, a couple weeks of snow removal and he's matching you know the rest of his income for the whole year in full construction projects Um, but he does just crazy stuff like one of his main clients probably owns half of the city as far as uh you know commercial properties and leased to other businesses and stuff yep and that's where that's the that's the big key to it is you got to get hooked up with somebody because you know especially like me like i said i'm mostly residential in the summertime and then yep. in winter you know whenever it snows i'm all commercial um yep. and people wonder how that how that works because i don't mow a lot of these places but it's through subcontractors so if you're wanting to get in and, and you're nervous, you know, where am I going to get the work? I don't have any work or anything like that. I wouldn't suggest going to buy a plow before you talk to any subcontractors. But you, you know, specifically right now, you know that guy. Um, you know, you could go up to him and say, would you be interested in hiring a subcontractor? Yeah, yeah. You know, and something like that. And that way if, you know, he says yes and, you know, gives you a, a set amount of hours or something per per storm or whatever, you know, you would know right off the bat that you're going to be able to pay your, pay your plow off. So, um, yes, yes. you know, anybody looking to get into it, I would suggest calling a large subcontractor in the area and see if they're interested or whatever. But, um, it's definitely a gamble. And, you know, for you where you're at, it sounds almost like it's not, you know, it's not worth it. You guys don't, you know, you guys get less snow than us. And around here, a lot of people don't do it because it's not worth it. So yeah, yeah. It just all depends, but, you know, if you get in with the right subcontractor, like you were saying, that guy can, you know, make more in the winter than he can in the summer, barely getting any snow, um, you know, it's, it is possible yeah. people do that around here too. There's a, there was a company around here last year that they're a large company, but they're not, you know, crazy large in, in you know, St. Louis gets average of 15 inches of snow a year. And, you know, some people up north are laughing because that's one storm for them. But this is, you know, four storms and 15 inches, really, we don't ever get that. So um, off of 15 inches, this average size company made over $2 million. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, and, and like you said, there is a lot of liability. But if you stay on top of it and you get enough salt down and, you know, take the proper steps you can you know you can pretty much eliminate a lot of that so yeah it is a gamble but i mean people do it you know people do it for a reason it it does pay off but it's all you know some people some people don't like the salt on their trucks and that too which is a big issue yeah yeah it's funny this year we had um because the snow hit and People are so expecting that it's just going to wash away, and then it didn't. Um, there actually was a salt shortage. Um, so uh, that uh, particular person I know was having to truck in, I think he trucked in 24 tons of salt from Idaho across the Canadian border 
to have salt here because there was no salt left. The cities didn't have salt. They were starting to put sand down because there was no salt anywhere. And, uh, you know, the snow wasn't melting. It was just getting compacted down and just turning into, uh, you know, I saw a news report of uh, in the middle of a neighborhood on a street, this, the snow was packed so down so much and frozen, people were ice skating on it <laughs> on their street playing hockey because it was just like so frozen, right? It was like two inches of solid ice on the street. Yeah, that sounds um, like so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, there's uh, those things, and, and like I say, yeah, with a, it, it's that um, that time in between of not knowing if it's worth it because of not having enough snow. I know a bunch of guys that uh, do contract for this other person, um, so I know that that's available to me. But they had the same thing where after the last major snowstorm, they all went and put you know eight, nine, ten grand into snow plows and had to wait you know, six years until this year for yeah. it to actually snow. And now they say, okay, we finally paid it off this year. It's been sitting in the garage for, you know, six years. Yep. Yeah. If, so if, if, uh, if you're in an tough. area like, like where you're at, I would definitely suggest buying a used plow. Yeah. 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 And going that way. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and go to, um, you know, I, met you or knew you through uh, social media and uh, Instagram in particular. Um, and then uh, that leading to uh, seeing your YouTube um, and uh, going from that. So I'm looking and currently you've got 1,393 Instagram followers, um, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, and you have 737 YouTube subscribers. Um, now you indicated earlier that you use these and as well as Facebook, um, for, uh, different, um, aspects. So you, you were saying the Instagram, uh, and your, uh, Facebook you use primarily for, uh, building your business and I then the, the YouTube you use more for sharing, uh, about the business. I use, so I just started really social media. I've always posted on Facebook, like I was saying earlier, as like my marketing tool, so to say. Okay. Um, so I've always used Facebook. I've been doing that since 2013, but I just got into Instagram and YouTube this October. Um, I was Wow. So 1,300 Instagram followers since October. Yep. And same thing on That's YouTube. crazy. We started the Instagram and uh, we actually found, you know, some other people um, like lawn rookie you know who you interviewed yep. last um we found some people like him and we said hey you know we can you know we have things to offer um to help these you know some people not necessarily him but we saw you know some people that you know a lot of people sharing and trying to help each other okay and yep. we started to say you know we could learn from people as well as help people and you know not take too much time out of our day so um yeah. That's that's really why we started YouTube and Instagram was to learn from the people above us and to teach the people below us and become part of the community, so to say. Okay. So, and then for um, the Facebook you're using, uh, is it the, the Facebook that you're using to build a business? Facebook, I try to strictly build a business. I don't, I don't really try to help anyone. Um, I will okay. post tips here and there um, for homeowners. I okay. don't do that too often. Um, but Facebook, I try to gear straight at potential customers. Okay. So do you have any tips for people um, wanting to uh, build their business 
um, through social media? Yes, I do. And it's the same. We've already discussed this, but it's results. People want to see results. You can show okay. them your brand new mower. They don't care. Yep. They want to see the stripes. They want to see a before, you know, you clean up a, a leaf job and after. They want to see yep. before the shrubs were trimmed and after. They want to see before you put in the patio and after. They don't they don't care what equipment you're using, which is, you know, a lot of people on Instagram share their equipment because they, you know, they want to say, this is the equipment I use to get this job done. And that's what the business owners are interested in. But that's yes. not what the potential customers are interested in. They don't even know what the hell they're looking at, you know? Yeah. So don't, you know, don't, I wouldn't suggest posting any equipment really on on Instagram, unless it's maybe, you know, a new company truck or something you want to say, you know, adding to the fleet, you know, our, our new yeah. company truck. And that may get some, some eyes and that may be, you know, the sixth time someone has saw one of your trucks and that's when they finally call you or, you know, that yeah, may yeah. be the first time. And then they see that truck all summer in their neighborhood and they finally call you or something like that. But, um, if you're going to gear, you know, whatever social media it may be or whatever platform it may be, show them results. That's what they want to see. That's what's going to get them to pick up the phone or to send you a message or whatever is, is the finished product. So as much as you can post, post your results. Okay. Now, is there any tips that you would tell people to um, avoid on social media? Um, now, I say this because I've been seeing a trend, uh, particularly on Instagram, of uh, people using or having an Instagram account with their company name. Um, and, you know, it's all fine and dandy and you see their pictures of their work and stuff. And then they throw in something that's completely not appropriate and i always shake my head like what are you doing don't do that yep i've seen <laughs> i've seen the exact same thing and it's you know i'll i'll follow somebody and like i said i'm new to it so i mean it's it, everything's new to me so i'll follow someone and i'll you'd be going through their page and it's like oh that's a you know that's their setup's cool, you know, truck and trailer. And, oh, that was a cool landscape they did. Oh, wow. You know, those are, it's a good looking yard. And then the next thing you know is a bag of flaming hot Cheetos or, you know, or yeah. their girlfriend in a bikini or something. Yeah. Like, you know, that's. Or worse. <laughs> yeah. Or worse. Or, yeah, people, you know, I've seen people, business pages posting about, you know, getting drunk or, you know, marijuana yes. or something yeah. it's like what are you yeah. doing man you know it's like what are you thinking what are you thinking yeah but i mean even down to the little stuff like i said you know posting you know i posted a picture of my girlfriend she was working it was business related i would say definitely keep everything if it's going to be under your business name keep it business related because yep. you never know this happened to me this week so my company is out of St. Louis or the, you know, the St. Louis metro area. And yep. there is another Nickens, my company's name, Nickens Lawn and Landscape. And there is a Nickens yep. Lawn Care, same last name, but it's just Lawn Care okay. out of Nashville, Tennessee. And okay, yep. so this Wednesday, I was doing some work on one of my trucks, you know, and I had a phone call and it was from a different area code. And a lot of time that's, you know, people call and saying you're pre-approved for this loan or whatever. So I don't yeah, answer, yeah. you know, if it's, yeah. if it's not, you know, out of my working yes. area, yeah. basically. I do the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't answer it and I get a voicemail and usually, you know, if it's a telemarketer or they're trying to whatever, give you something, they don't leave a message. So I got a message 
so I listen to it right away because I do every once in a while. We live by uh, by uh, Air Force Base, so we do have military, and you will get you know different area codes here and here and there, but it doesn't happen very often. So I go to listen to the voicemail, and it's some lady not happy whatsoever saying that she had a rock broke by one of my trucks going down the interstate. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, for one, I haven't hauled any rock today. And for two, I don't ever drive down the interstate. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this lady's got the wrong number, obviously, you know, or something's going on. So I call her up and I say, you know, she left her name. So I said, you know, hello, so-and-so. Uh, this is Alex with Nickens Lawn and Landscape. I received a voicemail from you, you know, saying that my truck broke your windshield on your car going down interstate 40. I said, ma'am, I don't even know where interstate 40 is. My company's based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, where did this happen? And she said it happened in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a red dump truck. And I said, okay, well, you know, that's, that's not me. I don't own a red dump truck. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm based out of St. Louis. And she said, well, it said Nickens on the side of the truck. And I got to thinking, cause I came across actually another guy on Instagram had uh, shown me a picture of this of this other company, but I had seen them as well. And, uh, so I said, Oh, I know what it is. I said, it's Nickens lawn care out of Nashville, Tennessee. And I said, you know, you can look them up and give them a call. And she said, Oh, well, I typed your name in on Google and you know, I typed Nickens lawn on Google and your name popped up all over the place. There was no other, there was no other name. And that really got me thinking because I don't have a website which mm -hmm. is kind of bad. I should, I know I should, but I don't, I just haven't gotten to that point yet. And she types in my name on, on Google and it just pops up everywhere. And I did it as well. And it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all my, you know, all my videos, it's all that kind of stuff that popped up. So, um, you know, you never know who's going to be able to get to your page. You know, if you're posting all these crazy pictures, a potential customer can see that. So you yeah. want to be very, very, you know, you got to think what you're posting. It's not just your friends that are going to see it. Somebody can type in your name and next thing you know, they're on your Instagram or your YouTube. So be careful what you put out there and, and definitely think it through. Yeah. That reminds me, um, uh, I had a similar uh, thing happen with me, but I actually had, uh, somebody, uh, impersonating my company. Um, and, uh, they were one of those, it kind of goes back to the, uh, uh, aerating, uh, guys that go around the neighborhoods aerating. So I found a, a copycat guy doing uh, the same thing, but he was on his own. He had just rented an aerator and he was going door to door. But what happened was, uh, my kids were, uh, doing a bottle drive, uh, to raise funds for their, uh, sports teams. And uh, they were going to go door to door and uh, drop off flyers for their sports teams. And uh, I said, well, since you guys are going door to door, uh, throw some of my flyers there, too, because you're going to the houses anyways. So they're yeah. like, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so they went and this was uh, in February. Uh, so I'm still not, uh, in work mode yet. Uh, I usually start uh, mid March, uh, after the winter. Um, and, uh, so, but these aerator guys, uh, they, they keep uh, getting started earlier and earlier and earlier uh, each year trying to outdo each other and get to the neighborhood first. So anyways, this guy, uh, apparently was on the same street and saw my, you know, kids and wife, uh, dropping off flyers. And I guess he went, to, uh, to knock on one of the doors and, and saw my flyer on the ground. So he picked it up and, uh, told the person that he was me. 
and that uh, that was his little brother and sister uh, dropping off flyers ahead of him uh, while he's uh, 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 going. So the reason or the whole, the whole way I found out about this was uh, about an hour later, I get a phone call. And I'm outside and this lady's complaining, saying, you didn't show up. You didn't show up. And I'm like, excuse me, you didn't show up for what? And she's like, you said you were going to aerate my lawn or aerate my friend's lawn. You came to the door. I told you where she lived. I paid you in advance and you didn't show up. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I'm not even working yet. It's February. We don't start until. Well, I said, I think you've got the wrong. No, it was you. You came to the door. You gave me your flyer. She says, I even my husband was kind of looking at me going, well, you're just going to hire this guy off the thing. So when I told the guy I was going to uh, go get my purse, I ran into the other room and Googled your company and saw your Facebook and your uh, website came up and it all looked legit and it matched the flyer. So my friend was on the phone that I was on the phone with said, send them to my house, but she didn't uh, have any money. So I prepaid for for her and then you didn't show up. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And as this lady's talking, I hear an aerator coming up the street. And uh, I look, I was actually in the backyard and I look over the fence and I see this guy and he, he doesn't look like the other guys that normally come around. He's got no uniform or anything. He's wearing a black uh, bomber type jacket with a big Nike swoosh on the back. And I said, what the guy look like? <laughs> she goes, Oh, he was a young guy. He was wearing a black jacket, Nike jacket. And I said, son of a <laughs> <laughs> said, he just, he's in my side of the neighborhood, or, you know, in my part of the neighborhood. Now he's actually across the street from me. Let me go have a talk with him. And, uh, long story short, I confronted the guy and he denied, uh, that he did it. Uh, I actually had to call the customer back and have her on speakerphone. And he started to backpedal and all that. And, uh, I basically, uh, told him, sort of used some reverse psychology on the guy and was like, uh, after I got off the phone with the customer, I said, you know what, you know, it's probably a misunderstanding. You know, I believe you, uh, you're, you're a good guy, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a good guy. I said, you wouldn't go and, and, impersonate my company falsely and uh do all that he's like no no no, i would never do that i would never do that i said so you'd have no problem giving me your driver's license right now and he's like i you guess not and i said so he pulls out his driver's license right so i take a photo of it and i said okay now i know who you are and where you live you better go do that lady's property and i never want to hear that you're going around again or else there's going to be trouble <laughs> <laughs> And I uh, never heard from him again. And I never, and I told the, the client, if he doesn't show up or anything, give me a call and, uh, we'll figure something out and, uh, and all that. Right. But, uh, I said, I've got, I, I've got his driver's license number and stuff. So, uh, I know who he is now. I'm sure he'll show up. You don't have to worry about it. But that kind of uh, brought up thing. The customers are, are going to search. Yep. Uh, for your name or a name similar. And if it's popping up and stuff, somebody similar or, or using that, right. You want to be able to sort of differentiate yourself. Um, and a tip, if you're not going to have a website yourself to at least, um, uh, get the domain names and just have them parked, um, so that, uh, somebody doesn't come along and, uh, and, uh, take them or use them for you. Uh, so, you are on uh, YouTube and you use it for sharing. So what motivates you to uh, do that? I was, I've been watching a bunch of your videos and it's 
um, you know, totally entertaining watching sort of that point of view. Like, um, uh, was it the uh, buying the snowplow for the second truck? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, going back and forth and, and the guy didn't want to sell the plow at first. And then, you know, but money talks and going back there and, and all that. And, and so what motivates you to show that side? And then your, your truck talks. I really like those two because you really get into that sort of motivation uh, to help guys out starting out and, and sharing some of your experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my YouTube story, um, it, I mean, it really started a long time ago. I've been watching guys on YouTube for a long time. Um, the main guy that, that I've always watched is Stanley Genetic. I've been watching him since I started my business. Um, and he was really, you know, kind of one of the inspirations to me. And that's what he does is share. You know, he tries to help people who aren't to his level yet get to his level and get there yep. without the struggles that that he had to go through, um, you know, and not necessarily struggles, but the hoops and, you know, you just got to figure things out and that takes time. So if you can help someone figure something out faster, you're going to, you know, potentially speed their business up and help them be successful sooner. So, um, you know, I, I had benefited from that by watching others videos and there was what really pushed me to do it was a lack of some of the information that I was searching. Um, okay, there was yeah. some information that, that I wanted, um, a lot of it was on the repair side, which I haven't done any of yet, but I will definitely be doing some of that. Um, but just knowing, you know, knowing how to do things because that can save you, you know, not only time, but it can save you money, especially on the repair. end. if, if you can watch someone do something on YouTube, you know, and, and they explain it and they do it correctly, you can potentially save yourself thousands of dollars or, you know, get yourself thousands of dollars ahead. So, um, you know, and, and we've learned a lot in, in the past, you know, couple or three year, four years since we've been doing this. Um, and it's, you know, I, I thought it was kind of time that we share and, and maybe try to help some people. And so far it's, you know, the results we've gotten are, are bigger than any results that we would have thought, you know, this fast, but yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, uh, for YouTube, uh, you mentioned Stanley genetic, obviously I think uh, everybody knows, uh, about him. Um, any others that stand out that you would suggest for, uh, people starting out to follow? Um, I watch top notch a lot. He's got, uh, he's, he's similar to Stanley genetic. And I, I talked to Brian at the GIE expo for a few hours and, and I know he, you know, he looks up to Stanley genetic as well as kind of one of, one of his role models, so to say. So, um, I like Brian's videos. He's kind of going on the same path I'm going on. And, you know, even though, um, you know, Brian's doesn't have the experience that Stanley genetic or some of the other guys do, Brian is, uh, he's definitely trying to learn fast and, and, be efficient and he's not scared to share his mistakes which is what i really like about him some of the stuff is just so fake and and you know they never put in the mistakes and they make the lawn care industry look like something that it's not yeah um, you know if you're going for three or four weeks and you don't have one issue you better get on your knees and pray because it's never going to happen again yeah. you know <laughs> there's there's always something and it's not always major, but there is always something every single day. You're going to, your schedule will be changed for some reason or another. Um, you know, and that's, that's why I like what these guys show. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, Stanley genetics shows more mistakes than he does good stuff. Um, 
but you need to know that side of it. You need to know the real side of it, what's really going on and behind the scenes. And that's kind of where we got our idea for that truck video. Um, we knew we were going to buy it and we knew, uh, you know, we kind of knew what he was asking, but we knew he was flexible. So we said, you know, this, this may be kind of fun. And we didn't know, you know, if the mm-hmm. truck was nice, we were going to pay him what he was asking and walk out the door, but it did need some stuff. And, and we wanted to get that addressed and, and make sure we were in the truck. Right. So, um, we wanted to get all that on video and it actually, it turned out pretty well. I wish we could have had a little bit more. There was some more conversation that I really wanted to capture, but it just didn't work out. So, mm. but no, it was you know, a great video though. Yeah, like I said, I just want to show behind the scenes and and what's really going on, not the not the fluff that a lot of people try to, you know, produce. It's, you know, and not all of it's bad. I mean, a lot of it is real, and I'm not saying that they're not out there mowing yards. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying they show all of the good stuff and none of the bad stuff and you got to you got to show the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. So, did I see on uh, one of your videos um some drone footage? Yes, we recently <laughs> got a drone. So you got the drone bug. How has that been? Yeah, my little brother actually is Nick's the one that bought it. Um, he he wanted to buy it. He was trying to talk me into buying it and and use it as a, a business expense, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to spend that money on a drone. I said no. If if we're buying something for you know that much money, we're going to buy something that's going to make us money. So um the drone is just kind of a a toy more or less and we haven't got to use it too much but it's it's been fun so far it's definitely fun to fly around but we haven't you know once we get into some mowing and some you know larger property cleanups we'll be able to definitely take advantage of that and and get some shots that you aren't able to capture otherwise and that's kind of our main goal because there's always more than one thing going on and in one screen you can only fit so much and that's why the drone's going to be cool because you know you'll be able to get up and show you know nick over here doing this and me over here doing this it's not you know there's multiple things going on so yeah i think um uh, blake from bnb has shown that uh, it can be a pretty crazy uh marketing tool um you know some of the stuff he's put together uh those drone videos look like uh, uh you know twenty thousand uh, dollar professionally shot commercials um yeah. which just uh you know help to promote his business uh so it's uh very neat i think we're gonna see it more and more commonplace uh with landscaping uh, you know, you'll have your guy mowing your lawn, mowing the lawn with drones flying around. It'll be more and more of a, a normal thing for homeowners to start seeing. Yeah, I think they will start seeing it. I think we're still kind of, kind of nervous to just take it out there and, you know, do it. I think you definitely need to ask the homeowner, but a lot of homeowners, you know, um, the main, the main video that we use our drone on, we told the lady or we asked the lady if, if, you know, if we could, and we told her our plan and she said, yeah, definitely. I want to see it when you're done. So she was excited about it. You know, she definitely wasn't hesitant or anything like that. She said, that sounds awesome. You know, we said, you know, all we're doing is showing our work. We're not, you know, we're not going to show any up close to the house or anything like that. It's all going to be from up, up top and, you know, quick shots down low. And she was perfectly fine with it. But I think you should ask because I could see that going the wrong way you know, and maybe yeah. even losing a customer over it if they got, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. kind of nervous about what you were doing or whatever. Yes, you know? yes. But I think like you're saying, I think it is going to become much more common to see them around. Yeah. So um, if somebody wants to follow you or find you on social media, how can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube 
all at Nickens Lawn and Landscape, and that's the and symbol, not A-N-D. And then you can find okay. me on Instagram at Nickens Lawn Landscape. There's no and there and no spaces. Okay, perfect. So I think that uh, covers uh, all the questions I had for you uh, this week. I want to thank you uh, again for uh, taking the time out uh, to come onto the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your uh, experience and uh, you know building your business, especially from um, sort of a, a young, uh, you know, being twenty four years old, a young startup, um, and being uh, is this your fifth season? You said yes, uh, going into it. It'll be my fifth year. Yeah, so it's a great having that perspective. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, with us old guys uh, going along and uh, sort of talking about the same stuff, um, you know, we can forget uh, a lot of the early struggles early on. Uh, so it's great having uh, that fresh perspective. So I thank you very much for coming on to the Long Care Business Success Podcast and sharing your story. No problem at all, Julio. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Alex Nickens from Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Um, and if you uh, enjoyed the podcast episode, uh, if you could please take some time to leave a review on iTunes, you can do that at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews and just go there. And there's a link in, in that page there where it takes you to uh, iTunes where you can leave a review. It really helps the podcast out. Also, I'll leave uh, a couple of links in the show show notes to uh, Nickens Lawn and Landscapes uh, Instagram uh, page as well as their YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast on the iTunes or iPhone's uh, built-in podcast player, you can just uh, click on the uh, Lawn Care Business Success logo while it's playing and it'll flip around with the show note uh, links uh, behind there. You can click on those to go directly to that. So uh, subscribe to uh, uh, Nickens Lawn and Landscape on YouTube and follow uh, Alex there on Nickens Lawn and Landscape uh, on Instagram. And check out his Snapchat and YouTube as well. I think it's all Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Um, so if you guys uh, would like the opportunity to come on to the podcast and share your story as well, um, I think uh, you'll find that you'll really enjoy it. Uh, and it's a great way to uh, share your story. Uh, you can contact me. Just head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. Just go to that page there, uh, enter in your details, or you can uh, uh, message me directly through Instagram. Instagram. And uh, we can get in contact uh, that way as well. So uh, I think that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.